everyone and welcome back. I am the Bull and this is See the Bullski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. Last week I spoke about mental health since it is Mental Health Awareness Month and I shared some of the more common questions or concerns that I've gotten throughout my time as a technician. Uh, obviously I don't have all of the answers, but hopefully the info was beneficial or at least a little bit interesting. Please let me know if you want to know more about anything that I talked about or if you have any other questions or, you know, things that you want to hear about. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the letter C underscore the underscore bull underscore ski. I also can't remember if I shared this or not, uh, but I'm very excited to say that I got my MRT certification last week and I am now a Master Resiliency Trainer. I'm very proud of myself and grateful to have met such amazing people when I was in the course. Even though it's easy to focus on the bad things going on in our life, you know, especially with our negativity bias that I talked about last week, there are a lot of great people out there. So in keeping with May as Mental Health Awareness Month, I just want to say that whoever is listening to this, you aren't alone and everybody can play a part in helping other people. Sometimes you may not know exactly like what to say and that's totally normal. But what matters is just trying and being there for other people, you know, just being supportive to those in need. If you're in the Air Force and you want to become an MRT, you can reach out to your base resiliency NCO and become an RTA, which is a resiliency training assistant, and eventually you can earn your MRT and be another resource to help people. Going along with that message, I got a chance to be a speaker earlier last week uh, at a professional, devel de de professional development seminar for some officers uh, that were selected for promotion. It was a really good honor. Like I was very honored and flattered to be there. And I was asked to talk about emotional intelligence. And since it's so fresh in my head, I thought I would share a little bit about it here in case you haven't heard of it or maybe you just aren't that familiar with it. So let's get into it. If I asked you to define what IQ is, you would probably say something like it's your ability to reason or solve problems. IQ is your intelligence quotient and it's typically thought of a, uh, it's like how smart are you? But in the context of information or maybe your ability to critically think. EQ, on the other hand, is a little less spoken about and it's another aspect of intelligence. EQ means your emotional quotient and it's defined as the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in positive ways to relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges, and diffuse conflict. A key aspect of EQ is that it centers around your ability to regulate your own emotions and understand the emotions of others. Why is this so important? Well, emotions are how we express ourselves and allow us to better connect with people around us. So having a high EQ can help in building and sustaining relationships, whether these are like personal relationships between loved ones or even professional relationships in a work center. Being aware of your own emotional state as well as others' states helps you as an individual, but it also does ultimately help the team you're a part of work better by reducing stress and conflict while also helping individuals come together to solve problems and increase work satisfaction. And EQ is a key fundamental aspect of emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence is broken into five categories, and the first one is self-awareness. To manage your own emotional state, you have to be aware of what it is, right? Everything starts with awareness. This can be a bit tricky because emotions arise so fast and powerfully that we often get dragged along by them before we even realize what's happening. Self-awareness includes understanding what your triggers are and why you react the way you do. Sometimes it means confronting things about yourself that you aren't proud of and realizing you need to accept responsibility for your reactions, which isn't very fun. I mean, let's just face it, it's not. But it is necessary to grow and be a person, you know, 
and improve your relationship with others. If you've ever reacted strongly to something and maybe, you know, blown up, as they say, and afterwards reflected and realized you overreacted, then you know what I'm talking about. It can happen to anybody. And that doesn't mean you ignore it. It just means, you know, self-awareness is really the starting point for any aspect of self-improvement. The second part is self-regulation. Once you're aware of your emotional tendencies, your triggers, and your reactions, then I think the next part is to learn how to catch yourself before you react emotionally, or at least catch yourself in the act and you know learn how to dial it back. This is what I'm working towards myself, and initially I started with having to reflect after the fact. Over time, I've been able to collect myself closer to the end of a situation, and I'm even getting better at catching myself in the midst of a situation and kind of, like I said, dialing it back. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'll eventually get to the point that I can catch myself before I react. But, you know, it's a lifelong process. It's going to take some time, but it has gotten easier. So, you know, I'm realistically hopeful that I can and will be able to get better over time. I imagine the same is probably true for everybody. But again, it starts with the awareness and then comes the regulation. This includes, you know, realizing you're internally reacting and not allowing yourself to act or speak until you're in a good place. You know, taking a deep breath, walking away for a moment to regain control. I think the regulation part is particularly tough because our emotions can make us feel overwhelmingly right or powerful and challenging them internally just doesn't feel right, but it is necessary. Personally, I've been called a very passionate person. Unfortunately, sometimes my passion gets the better of me, and while I may be right in my passion or justification or actions or words, the manner in which I act or speak is not effective because I'm causing people to focus on my emotional message at the cost of what I'm really trying to say. As much as I want to you know, use the logic of, you know, well, I'm right, so I don't care, it doesn't do anything to help my cause if people are overly focused on my emotional reaction and not hearing my message. So essentially, I'm depriving myself and maybe others of real help because I'm failing to regulate myself. The self-regulation piece of emotional intelligence can be really hard, and sometimes you may need others to help you, even though it is self-regulation. Initially, you may need somebody to help kind of guide you. Um, help as a stabilizing agent, you know, kind of get you your feet grounded, if you will. If you're having a hard time reining yourself in, I recommend linking up with someone that you trust that can help slow you down. My wife does this better than anyone for me, which I think is a good thing. And I also have a couple of coworkers that are really good at doing it. It's not that I'm a child or I'm immature. It's just that I have my own triggers and I know I need help sometimes in staying grounded. What's weird is that as a mental health tech, I, I never seem to have a problem staying composed and helping others when they get spun up. And that's probably because in that capacity, as a mental health tech, I, I go into it with a mindset, mindset specifically targeted at helping the individual. So I likely have some kind of like mental block preventing me from becoming passionate. I know it's kind of weird. Uh, so self-regulation again is just that ability to collect yourself and control your emotional reactions rather than letting them control you. And sometimes that means having those around you help you regain that calm if you need it. Even though it is self-regulation, it's like any skill, it can be developed or grown from others helping. So don't be afraid to reach out and help if you need it. Number three is motivation. Uh, motivation is always an interesting thing, speaking from a leadership perspective. You know, we're always talking about how do you motivate people. And the thing about motivation is that it's an internal drive that we all have that pushes or pulls us in a certain direction. 
I, I like to think that, you know, no one can motivate me because motivation comes from within, but I can be inspired by others. And inspiration comes from outside and it helps, I kind of look at it like it helps light the flame for my own internal motivation. So what motivates you? Like, like really, like have you ever just sat down and thought about it? What motivates you? What do you want out of life? Are you living the life that you want? Are you moving towards your goals? Or are you neglecting yourself by doing what others want from you? One of the elements of the resiliency program is value-based goals, and this is based around you living your life and working towards what you want to achieve rather than relying on others to tell you who you are or what you should what you should be. I've seen this quite a bit in the military and even in myself, and it's not intentionally meant to be a bad thing, uh, but when you put emphasis on what others want you to be and neglect yourself, it causes a lot of problems. You know, you're basically burying or purposely pushing aside your own goals and inspirations and focus solely on what the job wants you to be. And not surprisingly, people who do that for prolonged periods of time end up achieving what others told them that they should want to achieve, but they themselves don't really feel anything or they're not proud of it because the achievement didn't really mean anything to them. It wasn't what they were aspiring to. The same thing happens in relationships sometimes. When one person feels like they're expected to be someone they aren't or you know somebody they don't want to be, and they're also made to feel bad for not changing, you know, we, we all gotta be authentic to ourselves and follow our own path. So again, what motivates you? And by extension, since emotional intelligence deals with other people, what motivates others? How can you live and work effectively with others if you don't understand their own desires and ambitions? I've had this happen to me and it's been extremely frustrating. You see, I, I have certain goals and ambitions, but because they don't fit into what others have wanted out of me, I, in some cases, was made to feel wrong for having my own path or just written off since, you know, some, some leaders that I have didn't have a carrot to dangle in front of my face, uh, as it were. Um, I can say that currently, you know, I have amazing leadership and they know exactly what my motivations are and they actively try to help me in those pursuits. And just having that kind of support is so immensely beneficial and helpful and in supportive and just so appreciated and it makes me want to support and be a part of my team even more because i want to keep that support and help others in the same way you can try and force teamwork with blind devotion um, but doing that risks complete lack of enthusiasm or degradation of dedication and it hurts not only the person but also the relationships and these you know again either personal or at work Motivation is defined as the reason or reasons one has for acting or behaving in a certain way. Motivation comes from within, so you must know what your own internal driving force is so you can focus your energy in the most effective and beneficial way, or when dealing with others, you must know what motivates them so you can help guide or direct their efforts for, efforts for maximum usefulness. Sometimes, especially for younger folks, it isn't uncommon to not really have an idea of what motivates you. And I just wanna say that that's totally okay and completely understandable. In those instances, I encourage you, if you're one of these young individuals that doesn't know what motivates you yet, try as many different things as possible and, and see what sticks with you. And, and sometimes your motivations change and that's okay too. Take some time and think about your future. Where do you see yourself? Or even better, where do you want to see yourself? It's kind of hard to reach a destination if you don't know where you want to go. You know, if you're having trouble figuring it out, don't be afraid to talk with people you trust and see if maybe they can help shed some light on providing an outside objective perspective. You know, try as many things as you can. You don't know what's out there till you try.
Number four, uh, in terms of emotional intelligence, is empathy. And this is not to be confused with sympathy. Empathy is simply the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. It includes your ability to sense the emotions of others, even though you aren't them. And you're trying to see things from their perspective, and this is really important, without judgment. You can express empathy by being in the moment with other people, by giving them your full attention, by taking an interest in them and their interests, hearing their concerns, and overall, just listening and hearing what somebody else is trying to convey. This can sometimes be a bit hard because obviously we aren't that other person, so it can feel like an automatic reaction to think someone else is wrong from our perspective, and that's the kicker. It's from your perspective, which doesn't make it right or wrong, and it isn't about being right or wrong. Everyone has their own opinions, feelings, thoughts, you know, whatever, but expressing empathy is about taking yourself out of the equation and focusing on the other person, unless that person is asking for your input. I've mentioned this before, you don't have to know exactly what somebody else is going through. You just kind of got to understand that they're going through something. Just trying to understand someone from their point of view can be incredibly, incredibly helpful. And another way to think of empathy is it's an emotional or cognitive response to somebody else. So here's some tips to help you express empathy. Listen with the goal of understanding, right? Be genuinely curious about them. Be present. Let go of your biases. Don't give unsolicited advice. Acknowledge their feelings and maybe share a similar experience if you think it might help foster a sense of connectedness with that person. Depending on your personality, it can be very tough to empathize with others, uh, but don't let that be the reason to neglect a fundamental aspect of human interactions, which is the emotional part. Lastly, of the five, we have social awareness, which is kind of like empathy, but in a broader context, I think. Having empathy is what allows you to develop social awareness and recognize the differences that make us who we are. Social awareness also considers people's backgrounds to, to better be able to understand and integrate those differences while also learning how to better interact with people. Just like with empathy, listening and paying attention to others are hugely beneficial, especially because it helps you pick up on others' emotional states or how they just might be reacting to a specific situation. But social awareness includes considering the cultural or environmental drives that are likely impacting how somebody is reacting and working to understand why instead of just assuming that the person is wrong. Today's world is unbelievably diverse, so we have to be willing to acknowledge and accept that people are different, and different can be a good thing because it allows us to draw upon more potential solutions from various perspectives. This greatly increases our innovative capabilities and unique answers that we as individuals may be unable to see because we lack a particular type of experience or cultural influence. I also like to think that social awareness considers the time and place and what is going on within a, within a group of people at a given time with respect to how different people are handling or reacting to the situation. This reaction should include empathy and understanding of those around us, but I think this can only occur if we know the people around us. Whether you're a leader or the member of a team, you work with others, you interact with others, right? This is in family or work or, or whatever. You interact with other people, unless, unless you're somehow on an island all by yourself, which is not mentally healthy. And, you know, it's our ability to integrate perspectives and skills from and with others that really creates and stimulates a team mindset. And again, team could, you could say a relationship mindset or a team mindset with coworkers. 
there may be times and demands in a particular moment that prevent the realistic use of emotional intelligence as it is pretty effortful, but that doesn't mean it should be ignored completely. I told you all at the beginning that uh, I got to speak at a seminar uh, earlier, uh, professional development seminar earlier this week. And while I was there, there were these two officers who brought up and brought up a really good discussion piece that I want to share. Uh, one officer, you know, we were talking about emotional intelligence and one officer essentially was saying that you should always use emotional intelligence, you know, always, always, and doesn't matter what the circumstances are, always use it, always, always, always. And another officer asked, how do you do that when you're deployed, for example, and something serious is going on? And, you know, this could be tough because, you know, maybe a time sensitive situation and it might not be realistically feasible to engage in emotional intelligence. And, you know, how do you find that? How do you find that middle ground? And they both looked at me because I'm the one presenting and they both made really good points. So who is right? In my opinion, they both are. But but how how do you find that middle ground? Like I said, there is a way. Let me explain from my perspective. You have to cultivate a cultural norm of using emotional intelligence routinely with the people around you, and it does take time and energy. However, if you routinely do it, if you engage in emotional intelligence practices with your people consistently, then something really cool happens. Trust is built and it's sustained, which is what the first officer was kind of alluding to. But there is an additional payoff, and that is as you build trust, then when something serious happens and time or you know a very sensitive situation is going on, you can rely on that trust to help move the people around you because you've built up kind of like trust credits. You see, when I was a flight chief, uh, flight chief, I don't know why I glitched there, um, I tried to connect not only with my team, but I also wanted to keep my team connected with each other. I'm not gonna say it was perfect, but by consistently emphasizing care and respect for others through emotional intelligence, when we had to move quick and I had to make a snap call and expect them to carry it out right away, they knew me and trusted me and they trusted in my decision and they would move. They knew and trusted that if they had legit questions or concerns, I wasn't going to lose it on them. I wasn't going to blow up. That's one of the powers of emotional intelligence in a team setting. By showing consistently and routinely that you care about those around you through the use of EI you know, skills, uh, you're showing through actions that your people matter. The more people know that they matter, the more willing that they can be to go along with whatever call is made because they know and they trust you. From a teamwork perspective among peers, the better you know others and the better they know you, the better you all can rely on each other's strengths when the chips are down and that trust can help pull everybody in the right direction so that everybody's putting in their fair share. Emotional intelligence is really effective in providing feedback to help you and others grow by knowing and understanding each other as individuals so you can help each other achieve what matters to you while also getting feedback of what you can do to help them. So from like a leadership perspective, if I know my people and I know what motivates them and I know what their ambitions are and I listen to them and I know what their skills are and I just, I know the person then I can look for opportunities to help them grow and I can maximize where their true drive in and internal motivation is. And this is really cool in a work center because everybody's gonna be different. So part of leadership is learning like how to balance those, those different aspects. You know, our lives are built around relationships. So we have to effort, effortfully ugh, engage consistently to ensure everyone is being taken care of. Some people I know, and maybe you know, 
will justify not using emotional intelligence because it can take so much time and effort. And, you know, we have things that we have to do, so we got to just move. The problem with this mentality is that in trying to prevent job degradation by focusing solely on the job at the expense of the people, you are in reality hurting the completion of the job the best it can be because you're showing that your people don't matter or you're giving the perspective at least that they don't matter. And why should people work harder or push themselves if they feel like they aren't appreciated? You know, it's pretty simple when you get down to it. So if you want to increase or maximize accomplishments or job completion, then you gotta start by appreciating and understanding the people who are accomplishing things. That appreciation and understanding comes from engaging in emotional intelligence as a norm. Again, like I said, routinely. And like any skill, which is what emotional intelligence is, the more you use it, the better you get at it. Along with that, people in situations can and often do change. So you kind of got to keep a current per pulse on what's going on. You know, not just the situation, but in those around you. And it may seem like a lot of work, but think of it like an investment. You know, there may be a large initial and you may have to put a consistent buy-in, but the dividends are amazing. And using that analogy of it's an investment. I don't know if any of you, you know, have a personal investment, but if you do or don't, I'll give you a little breakdown. Um, when you start up an IRA, which is like in a, in an individual retirement account, you usually have to put in like, let's say $3,000 to open it. And then every month you put in so much money so that you can, you know, begin accruing interest and begin building a uh, retirement savings, right? Well, your monthly investments are not going to be $3,000 a month. There is that initial heavy burden just to get things going. But as you're able to throughout the months each year, you put in what you're able to, but you got to do it consistently. Otherwise, you're not getting anywhere. The same thing can occur when you're investing in your people. That strong investment is when you first meet and get to know the people in your work centers or the people that you're supervising. It's going to take time because in all reality, leaders, leaders out there, I need you to buy in on this. You've got to prove yourself to your people. You've got to prove that you are there to take care of them, that you know what you're doing, and that you as a leader can be relied upon. You know, once it can take a little bit of time to get that buy in, but once you have it, amazing things can occur. So, as we head in, in, into this next week, I want to ask you all to look at how you engage with others and see if you use emotional intelligence well, or maybe do you need to brush up in one of the five areas? Maybe you're really good at self-awareness and regulation, but you're having a hard time with empathy. You know, there are tons of different surveys and tests that you can take online. You just look up emotional intelligence surveys. There's tons of books on it. There's tons of courses and classes. And a lot of it is a lot of it can be beneficial through just self-education, but there are also classes that you can do. And there are some courses that you can take uh, to get certified if you're like in the Air Force. So I encourage you to take some time and connect with those around you. Use some or all of the aspects of emotional intelligence. Again, self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy, motivation, social awareness, and see if you can increase your relationships and improve the overall wellness and cohesiveness of those you work with and live with, as well as your own overall wellness. Uh, there are tons of books, like I said, in online surveys. So just trust me when I say that by developing these skills in the relationship around you, uh, in the relationships around you with them, you can see and feel the real changes that benefit everybody and they help push your abilities farther than if you ever just try and do it alone. You know, emotional intelligence is all about improving connectedness. And remember, there's this old proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So that's my little spiel on emotional intelligence. Hopefully you found it interesting. Thank you as always for listening. Since I have been able to pretty consistently uh, post 
you know, keep a schedule. Uh, my next session is going to come out next Sunday, May 29th. Please help the podcast by sharing this out. It really, really helps. And if you have any questions, comments, or topic requests, you can find me on Twitter, again, at the letter C, underscore the, underscore bull, underscore ski. Again, thank you for listening, and I will check you out next time.